Hey everyone and welcome to the 18th episode of the Liam McCullum Show. Today I'm going to be talking to Olaf Horngren and we're going to get a perspective, a Swedish perspective on the coronavirus. They've been pretty um, relaxed on their approach to it, not at all close to the United States response and it's been pretty controversial so it'll be interesting to see what his perspective is. But yeah, here's Olaf. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Olaf. If you want to just introduce yourself and tell people who you are, that'd be great. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yes, I, uh, my name is Olaf. I am originally from Sweden. I've been um, living in the U.S. for the past uh, decade, a little bit more over a decade now. I um, have a bachelor's in mathematics from uh, Columbia University, and uh, right now I work as a data scientist in uh, Central Florida. Great, and you've been you've been following the situation in um, Sweden, and really there's there's a lot of questions right now, and one of them is whether or not we can battle the coronavirus and keep the economy open, or if we need to shut it down, and another is well. Sweden is this example where they've remained open, but are they doing it right or are they doing it wrong? And time will tell. So can you speak a little bit about that and what you've been seeing? Yeah, sure. I think first, uh, I think people should be kind of humble to this, right? People don't know enough about the virus and I don't know enough about myself about the virus. Obviously, I can only... Uh, show people how the data is from day to day and kind of like make my get a bigger picture from that and see well what was it really necessary to shut down everything just to battle this invisible enemy and I the longer this goes on I'm pretty confident that the answer is a resounding no we did not have to do this and I do not see any correlation between shutting down you know, this lattice work that is the structure of production and putting like the international division of labor on halt just to wait out this virus that might just be another case of prolonging the agony unless you wait, shut down everything until you have a vaccine. But that's, I don't even think that's an option, really. Uh, If we're going to be optimistic here, I think maybe we'll have a vaccine within a year. If you, if we don't, there must be a different way we can tackle this problem to achieve what we know as herd immunity, right? When a substantial part of the population get infected with a virus, uh, hopefully that will be the more healthy part of the population that can just take the virus and let it run its course and then shrug it off. And that person then develop this wall of immunity if enough people get infected with this to protect the vulnerable groups in society. So I think there is definitely a way you can deal with this without having to suffer the devastating uh, economic consequences that will follow from these different types of shutdowns that will last, I mean, have lasted for, will last for two months, maybe even longer in some states and some countries. And I didn't think it had to be that way. And I think that will be clear later on, but it's too early to tell right now. I just can't, I can only speculate, but it, it looks, it looks like we, we will be right about this. I hope. Right. Right. And I'm, and that's kind of what I've been hearing is, um, especially since the whole idea of flattening the curve wasn't 
wasn't so that we would avoid the virus because it's inevitable that we will, right? Yeah. Um, yep. We they believe that everyone will get it. Um, yeah. It'll be like the flu, but Sweden's approach seems to be that well, in order to prepare for the long term, they sh- they take this you know they get hit in the short run. So um, yeah. what what are the differences in in how um, they reacted? Are they completely open? Uh, I wouldn't say they are 100% open. There are few restrictions in place. So let's go through the restrictions because there aren't that many. Uh, One of them is you cannot visit these nursing homes or retirement homes in Sweden that house house elderly people. That you cannot do. Um, If you go to a restaurant, you have to be served at the table. There's only table service laws. So you can't stand crowded in a bar, for instance. Mm. There has to be tables there and the waiter has to come and take your order and so forth. So those are the uh, the major restrictions that exist. Plus, there is a limit on ga- large gatherings. So they have set that limit to be 50 people or less. It went from 500 and now it's been 50. It has been 50 for a long time now. But that, there are a lot of exceptions to this. So obviously in schools, right? Because schools are open. Uh, there are more than 50 people there. Uh, libraries also, exception there. There are exceptions to even private parties if you host one. Um, they don't recommend that you do, but they won't send the police if you do, uh, if you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. Youth sports too, uh, ongoing. Um, so and swimming pools. It's very popular in Sweden to go to these indoor swimming pools and swim as exercise because uh, most of the part of the year it's too cold to, to swim outside anywhere. So people do it in inside in these large swimming pools. Um, so that's also a place where that exception applies. So the difference is. The major difference is that what's coming out of the health department in Sweden is not so much um, policies. They don't use coercion. They they put out recommendations that they think the public should follow, and they say, "Hey guys, uh, we're let's let's behave a little bit different here. Um, let's not stand too close to each other. You know, if you." are in Stockholm and on these densely populated areas. And if you see that the bus in the morning is full, just wait for the next bus. So just wait for the next train to pass by. These types of, of recommendations and stand, you know, um, three feet, three feet or apart from each other. If you if you go to grocery stores and things like that. And, and, and just if you are sick, stay home, right? You know, these types of recommendations. So they're not, everything is open like you can there are no shops closed or anything there might be fewer fewer people on the streets because some people still think like "Eh, maybe i shouldn't go out that often and maybe i should stay home more so you definitely see there's a difference there but the streets aren't like ghost empty and now that the warmth came out and the spring finally has arrived uh you start seeing a lot of more movements again uh in in uh, most of the uh most of the country. Right. So I would say the major difference is that they are not implementing uh, coercive policies, but they are rather issuing recommendations. And then each county kind of like handle it, handles it, and then fr- from there. So it's not um, 
is very light. And right. uh, the byproduct of this, how they say, the strategy isn't to get herd immunity. The herd immunity is merely a byproduct of the strategy. So, and, and we start seeing effects of that already. What are those effects? Are, what, what are you seeing? Well, I mean, I think that um, what we see so far, like when I say the byproduct of the strategy that they're taking is, is our herd immunity, what I mean, we have already started to see there is this p partial herd immunity effect in Stockholm already. Uh, and they estimated based on some serology tests that they have run that a quarter to a third of the population in Stockholm are now infected or have had have had the virus. And that's a lot. So then it becomes statistically harder at this point for the virus to find a non-immune host to infect. And you start seeing a slowdown of the spread of this virus because now there's such a big part of the population already who has been infected with with the virus. So that's that's like the major positive effect, I think. Um, and then, you know, people like to point to Sweden and say, well, you see Norway and Denmark, they shut down and they have much fewer deaths per 100,000 people or whatever. They, and that's true. But now do the same comparison between Sweden and, say, Italy, Spain, the UK, Belgium, um, France, and now you see the reverse like sweden come out the best out of all of these countries and all of those countries had taken very draconian measures and house arrested everybody so yeah, I, there's no real correlation between shutting down your economy and and the lower death rate mm. so yeah I, I i just like to point that out because if you people there's no simple answer there's no sort of like cartoon version of how this works right uh, and it seems very complicated so yeah that's what i've seen and I mean, if, if it is possible for us to reach herd immunity, you would think mm -hmm. that um, the United States in particular is actually putting themselves in a much worse situation because if, if they don't reach herd immunity, when it hits again um, next fall, it's going to yeah. hit hard. Yeah. Now, it's, it's also very, I would not want to be in this situation where I have been the governor of some state that locked down the entire state. Mm -hmm. And now... I have to slowly start reopening again. I mean, what am I going to do? So I need to start reopening at some point. So what do I, where do I start? Do I start with the schools? Okay, let's start with the schools. Let's say they do that. And, and now suddenly you see a spike in new cases. What am I going to do then? Shut down everything again? Now you have put, in this, you have put yourself in this situation where you have to justify the prior, the, the prior action that you took or else people will realize that, this was never necessary and it was inevitable and we were we would have to had this tsunami run over us and and that that's that's it and 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 you know try to try to not overwhelm the hospital system by by um you know some degree of social distancing i think that's logical because you want you don't want to overwhelm the hospital system i think that's the point of this whole thing flattening the curve you do not want to overwhelm the hospital system but it has become has gone from flattening the curve because we don't want to avoid overwhelm the hospital system to now we just want to vo avoid the virus altogether. Mm. <laughs> that does, it doesn't work that way. Right. And I mean, the United States, because of a, a lot of policies, 
it, it was kind of more difficult for them to increase capacity. It was it was difficult for us to do what we wanted to while flattening the curve. The whole idea was, well, if we if we flatten the curve, we can increase capacity, bring in more masks, bring in more beds. But, you know, right. because of certain regulations, it was impossible to. So do you yeah. what can you speak on um, how the hospital system or the medical system reacted to it in Sweden? Yeah. Uh, yes, I think it's important for people to understand, you know, all the Bernie supporters of the world who point to Sweden and say, yes, we want universal health care. And I think we should start right here and say, okay, fine, you want, you want that. But I don't think that means what you say that it means. Because if you look at Sweden, how the health care is run, it's not a top-down national approach. It's administered at the county level. So each county runs their own healthcare system, which is not ideal. Obviously, I'd like to see the state removed from this business altogether, but it is still better than having this top-down, one-size-fit-all approach and let's and say, hey, let uh, let's let the counties uh, manage their own healthcare system because they become more agile. They see the immediate need and how it arises. They can and they can impact quicker. Uh, depending on the situation. I think that's, uh, it's true. And Sweden has been able to sort of increase the number of ICU beds available. And not by a whole lot, but still to to the degree that they can can handle this. And they are, as of today, operating uh, 30% under max capacity for their ICU availability. Mm -hmm. So they still have 30% space available of the maximum capacity in the ICU units across the country. Now, this capacity varies between county to county because some counties obviously are hit harder than others. Like Stockholm might be under a lot of pressure, while some, you know, sparsely populated countryside town might only have like one case of COVID patient or something like that. So that means that what they have done now in order to you know, try to utilize as much as possible is that they have implemented these, they have taken this, the Swedish military who who barely know exist, that, but they still have one. Um, they have these helicopters where they're now able to transfer people. If one region is particularly hard pressed, they can take that patient and put them over here where you have almost no patients at all. Mm. Uh, so they're, they're, and they raised this big field hospital in anticipation of this, right, because they anticipated a lot of uh, sick people with, uh, I don't know how many beds are in that field hospital, but there must be another 100 or 200 or what, something like that. And that's in Stockholm, but that's still empty. So it, ha- it hasn't even been utilized. Mm-hmm. So they haven't even gone to max capacity yet with a regular uh, ICU space that is available. So it, um, it, uh, it, that's worked out so far. Okay. And now I have a few audience questions, actually. And um, the first one is whether or not you have seen any pushback from the EU or um, the WHO about Sweden's decision. Uh, I mean, I've seen pushback, uh, definitely. Not from not perhaps from the EU itself, but from um, various countries within the EU. They and also just from the press and the media in general and a lot of criticism directed to the state epidemiologist Anders Tegnell in Sweden who I think has done a pretty good job and like not been 
been willing to be bullied into submission by these people. So there is pushback for sure. And everybody wants to paint them as, you know, something that they're, you know, suffering more than more than others. But I show today in the recent chart that I made compared to other European countries that they're not suffering generally more than other countries. Um, so yes, there is there is pushback because they do not like it when we have a control group. They want Sweden to conform really badly so that there isn't this outlier, a dissenter or this control group that can prove to the world that perhaps it didn't it didn't have to be this way. Mm. Uh, and I think politicians who have taken the harsh measures and are more draconian, uh, this is a little bit of a threat to their political career too, because now we have this case, we have this country that is not following in line. There's not they they're not fo following in line. They're not following the rest of the the world and how they they have um, the approach that they're taking. And so if it turns out that they write the Sweden is able to ride this wave out and come out, you know, fairly unscathed compared to many other countries that did lock down their entire societies, then how are they going to go out to their constituents and, and excuse this? I mean, and justify what they did. They destroyed millions of livelihoods. I mean, what, what we have now, like 30 million people, unemployment claims mm -hmm. in the last six weeks or something in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think it's safe to say right now, with, without looking at the official numbers, because I think they will be lowered, that we have in the U.S. right now above 20% unemployment. This is bad. How many lives is this going to take? Uh, how many people will die because their elective cancer screenings were canceled? How many people will die of suicide, depression? How, how much, how many people will die and be uh, in very bad shape because of, you know, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, domestic violence, uh, child abuse, when, uh, when we are doing what we're doing here in, in the different states. So I, I think there are a lot of unseen consequences and people are able to think in terms of trade-offs that is going on and it's going to it's, it's going to look pretty ugly yeah is is sweden's economy being hurt by the lockdowns imposed by their trading partners at all um it's it's being hurt last time i saw a comparison between sweden and their neighboring countries in scandinavia they were far better off that much lower unemployment rate and their um you know their their gdp if you will was much uh, less affected by this and um but this is tough, right? Because everybody's trading with each other. So if, if you kind of put the international division of labor, if you disrupt it like this, it's going to affect them inevitably anyway. But I think so far the economy is is uh, is better than than many other European countries because they actually insisted on not on not shutting down everything. And then I have another audience question. They're asking how accurately the death rate has been reported in Sweden. Uh, Sweden is very good at reporting uh, deaths. Uh, they might be slightly, there might be a slight delay in their reporting, and we've seen this as as they come in over time. That your reports, they report deaths that were like two weeks back or something. But yeah, no, they're they're very accurate. Um, probably more accurate than 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 many others. But then, 
again, it's it's tricky because a lot of people who do die with COVID-19 also have a lot of comorbidities, uh, diabetes, uh, heart disease, high blood pressure, uh, they're asthmatic or, you know, things like this that uh, obviously, you know, yes, you, you shorten their life by a, a couple of years, maybe even shorter than that. And now they're going to be labeled as COVID-19. But uh, I think that's the majority of the cases almost everywhere. I think we see that in Sweden, they're very accurate with their statistics. So, uh, and that has come out to be pretty clear. That is almost a vast majority of the people who actually died from this had comorbidities. Mm. And those statistics are available. I don't remember them on top of my head, but I look at them a, f- a few times a week. So it's, uh, it's, uh, but they're, they're, they're pretty good at keeping track of how many people are, are uh, passing away from this. Right. Um, it, how's, how's the dialogue in the country of Sweden? Because I mean, when, when you read the news, especially in the United States, it's like, I'm just reading right now, Sweden says it's coronavirus approach has worked. So there's a positive, mm-hmm. but then, um, there's some other stuff like, well, uh, there's going to be a predicted coronavirus catastrophe. Um, so what is, what, what are people of Sweden saying? Um, yeah, the, nobody's freaking out it's pretty relaxed uh i think within the population you can see you can see like in in the cities people are still going out in this warm spring in the sun they're hanging out in the parks they're sitting at cafes i mean it uh, i don't see a lot of stress mm. uh there among the population so the, the dialogue has been that they're pretty, they're holding their heads cold and uh, they are sticking to this. And I, I don't, I don't think, I mean, obviously it's on everybody's mind and it's sad that, uh, you know, people are dying from this because uh, uh, there was, there have been some unfortunate cases in Sweden where the virus entered, were able to get into the nursing homes. Mm-hmm. See, oh yeah, see, there you go. They should have had that restrictions. Well, guess what? That was one of the restrictions that they had was you cannot uh, visit the elderly so that didn't work either um that's that's not really an argument Mm. um but yeah no there's no there's no significant stress i don't think within the population i think they're they're holding out pretty well okay uh and 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 the the tone the tone from from the state epidemiologists is very different too i mean he's very encouraging he says go outside go outside go for walks uh children go out and play and play the sports that we're not going to cancel your games or anything like that so there's a very different tone to uh, to what what should what should be done and i think that uh, that is very important because a lot of people look up to these with kind of almost su- superstitious reverence mm. to their to their uh, elected officials and they, they do take them seriously. So if you have somebody who infused panic within the population, who's going to lock everybody in their house, I think that's very bad. If you have somebody who is more rational and who is, you know, exercising more calm and giving advice as opposed to compulsory uh, mandates, uh, I think that also has a different 
effect on people's mental mental state. Mm, okay. In the United States, um, they shut down their border. Uh, there's no immigration during all of this, and Sweden hasn't. Do you want to talk a little right. bit about um, Sweden's approach to immigration and if people are just coming in anyway? Uh, yeah, I mean, they have not shut down the borders. Uh, I, In general, I think Sweden has a very... I think they have been harmed by their immigration policy in general. I think they have... Imp- a lot of people uh, from the third world and I think they have had a lot of um, unnecessary violence that arise and a lot of unnecessary kind of like criminal enclaves uh, run by gang members and a lot of outcasts that are not integrated at all into Swedish society so just in general I think Swedish immigration policy is very failed I am more I, I, I'm I'm very much libertarian leading, but uh, I sympathize with um, you know more of Hans Hermann Hoppe's perspective on immigration. Uh, so in that sense, I think Sweden's immigration policy is is it's not being good for them, and I think has caused a lot of problems. And I think it's the welfare state that they run there also is a big problem, and it's mm-hmm. a magnet for people to come in. And um, but in terms of, I like just now, I, I think there's less travel to begin with in this day and age because a lot of countries are not letting their citizens get out of their country at all either. Right. So you, you, there is not a lot coming in now anyway. Uh, so I don't think it, as of now, it doesn't make a big difference. It's just generally speaking, I don't think I'm a not, not a big fan of Sweden's sort of like relaxed uh, open border policy towards everybody in the world. Are any of your family members still in Sweden? Do you have friends? And what are what are their responses to this? Uh, yeah, my, my entire family is, is, is in Sweden. Um, my brother is in Stockholm, and uh, the rest of my family lives in another city that is about two hours away from Stockholm. Uh, they are going about their life as usual. Uh, my dad works from home. Uh, my mom is a psychiatric nurse, so she's she's going into work as usual. Ah, they, no, I, that's there is not a lot of panic or anything like that. There's, I don't sense anything. Uh, they're just going about their their lives as as usual. Uh, my brothers keep work. I mean, some of them are students, some of them work. So, yeah, no, there's. There's not, um, there isn't any sort of like panic or, or any, uh, yeah, any response like that. It's right. pretty, it's pretty relaxed. Well, that's good to hear. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. If you want to just give some last comments, if you have any, and then tell people where they can find you, that would be great. Yeah, no, I mean, one thing that I wanted to say was uh, before, I think part of what happened when they implemented a more relaxed strategy was that they actually did think ahead and in terms of trade-offs. And I'm not used to seeing this from from the political class at all. So it was surprising. For instance, if if you were to shut down all the schools in Sweden, now... Uh, Homeschooling is technically illegal in Sweden. You can't do that. And that's terrible (laughs) in every way. But that's besides the point. The point here is that now people are 
uh, organizing their lives around the current laws that exist in the country. So if homeschooling is not an option, what do people do? Well, both parents go out and get a job because that's what that's the best you can do now to provide for your family. So that's what they do. And now you start, you have this sudden interruption and shutdown of everything. And if you close down the schools, that means they had estimated that uh, 20% of, uh, of the healthcare workforce would go away because now they have to stay home with their kids instead of going to, to work. Mm. And if you take away 20% of all the doctors and nurses in Sweden, that is definitely a death blow to Swedish healthcare. And if you have an increasing pop, pop patient population entering the hospitals, uh, that, that, that would be a big, big, big problem if, if, uh, if those people were not able to go to work. Mm. So that, that's just one thing. And I don't think people think about this either. When they close down the universities here in, in the United States, and the students are going where? They're going home to their parents who are older, and they're going, some people have intergenerational living like they do in Italy, and they just live in the same house as their grandparents and their parents, and the kids are carrying the virus and they don't know it, and now they go around infecting their, their elderly relatives, and they get sick and they might die. So I think people don't, don't really think about these consequences that follow from when you take an action like that, like shutting down schools and universities. Mm. or what, what can happen. So that's just, this is one other thing that I would like to say. Um, no, you can, uh, you can find me on, on Facebook. I am Olof of Yggdrasil. Um, you can, if you have some show notes page, you can post my Facebook name in, in yeah. there, in there too. And they can find me that way. Awesome. I'm not on Twitter. It will take too much time. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's the week.